Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're kindly joined by Alan Green. Alan, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Hello, John. Good to be back. So myself and Alan, we're going to be discussing a, a number of equities. But before we do that, Alan, let's have a, a look at these markets. Now, looking at the FTSE 100, we, ha- we had a bit of a wobble uh, towards uh, the end of uh, last week, beginning of this week. We, we have rallied since. Um, and that was very much led by a company that we're going to discuss in some in some detail. But later on in the podcast in, in Next, they really helped lift markets um, yesterday. And, and today we're, we're up slightly. But the sell-off that we did see, Alan, was really being put down to a rise in COVID cases, not not just here in the UK, but on a global basis, especially in uh, emerging markets. So not a huge sell-off we've we've seen here in London. But you know, as 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 is typical during periods of volatility, you, you see market commentators coming out, um, in, you know, coming out and saying. Um, yes, we, we see some volatility coming forward. Um, and in particular, I've seen some comments that there could be a 15% pullback in, in equities. I think in that particular case, they were talking about US equities. But Alan, what is your feeling looking at, at UK markets, broad UK markets uh, in the FTSE 100, FTSE 250? Given where we are, do you feel that that could apply to the London markets in, in terms of seeing a correction over the next few months? Well, last week we spoke about uh, interest rates and whether we, we thought the Bank of England would increase interest rates. I, I firmly believe that they will want to sit on those for as long as possible. And so many uh, families are, are um, you know, saddled with debt and saddled with uh, uh, large mortgages. So anything like that could make a huge difference. So uh, it certainly won't, won't come from that direction, but of course um, um, we're going to get we're going to get unexpected developments with COVID, new variants as we're seeing all the time, and of course now we're open back up again, um, and Boris appears to be uh, uh, going for the herd immunity solution, um, which uh, which may or may not work. Um, we're going to see more uncertainty, and market commentators some absolutely negative, some absolutely. Uh, positive. Um, myself, I I, I think uh, a correction is healthy, and I actually hope that we continue to get a series of co- corrections across the autumn, so people don't get too carried away uh, away with it. But from this, opportunities will emerge. Um, and I know I've kept I keep on harping on about this, but it's an absolute absolutely um, indisputable fact that. Um, as the government spending continues, and I'm not just talking about the UK government, governments around the world are spending more on uh, on furlough schemes, on um, on buying assets to keep the keep the stock markets uh, and, and and markets overall um, uh, stable, and um, uh, and and for a host of other reasons, um, all that's doing is bringing more money into the system. So it's effectively devaluing. The value of your your dollar or your pounds or your or your um, euro or whatever. So um, when that happens, history history has always told us that uh, there will be a a retreat into into uh, uh, tangible assets such as gold, 
precious metals, uh, even commodities. And let's not forget, we've had a year of almost complete inactivity across the world. So there's a year of activity to catch up on. We're seeing a very strong iron ore price at the moment and uh, lots of developments uh, um, from uh, um, exporters of iron ore and uh, and uh, mining companies developing um, iron ore assets to ensure that they, that they can meet demand. So this is going to continue. And uh, I think longer term, we've spoken about the commodity super cycle. I do believe that the activities of governments around the world the constant spending, the uh, the consequential devaluation of fiscal currencies will create further value in the commodity markets going forward. And I think that's where the opportunities will be, particularly as in quarter two this year, we've seen quite a retreat in um, in metals prices and also in the prices of some of the some of the mid to small cap mining stocks. So, I mean, Commodities, obviously, a sector will benefit from the, you know, the inflation trade, as we've discussed on, on previous mm. podcasts. But when, when we're looking at opportunities in any sell-off, I mean, do you think that investors should be looking for those opportunities that they may have typically been looking for prior to the pandemic? Or do you think now we've actually changed for good in terms of the makeup of our economy and really, some of those companies uh, that were particularly strong, maybe particularly reliable before, particularly REITs, for example, those are looking at commercial property, um, you know, they were considered quite safe, but they haven't really bounced back. Of course, we're looking at consumer co- um, companies, and obviously we'll touch on next on what they've done. And of course, some of these COVID stocks here listed in uh, in London, there's not, not a huge amount of them as when you compare to them in the United States, but you know, the likes of Just Eat, um, Anacardo, for example, big beneficiaries of the the pandemic. Do you feel that these companies um, that benefited from the pandemic are going to continue to do so? Or is it a case that people are then going to start to look back to the more traditional uh, assets and, and companies, um, as I mentioned there, particularly REITs, um, that could benefit as we get back to normal? Yeah, I think there's a combination of factors in there. Of course, a lot of companies uh, during COVID, ironically, have strengthened their hand in their particular field. I mean, companies like Ocado, distribution, uh, you know, food, uh, grocery distributors have benefited from online. And post-COVID, we're going to see a lot of families still who may may be at risk of, of infection or 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 um, vulnerable to, uh, to 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 COVID or respiratory issues that may decide to carry on living as if lockdown was still in place. So their lifestyle will reflect that in terms of the way they shop, in terms of the way they they live their lives, and so on. So so I think that will continue. Um, and I think, um, as I said, you know, companies like Ocado they've seen they've seen revenues increase, and that's strengthened their hand. It's given them given them a greater war chest to go on and make further acquisitions, and I think we're going to see um, as we go forward uh, some merger and acquisition activity. Of course, Morrison's were bought out recently, um, and we're going to see wholesale changes. But nonetheless, we need to eat, so that that that's a factor. And companies like Next that we're going to talk about in a minute, um, uh, you know, that they've seen a really strong resurgence so a lot of retailers that historically were all about the high street have evolved into online very efficiently 
and are now selling the majority of their of their uh, their, their offerings online, uh, which is great. In regard to property, um, I know living here on the south coast, uh, we've seen a huge. Um, a, a huge surge of people moving out of the city and coming down to the coast and buying properties here, which has had the net effect of a boosting house prices and b boosting the profits of the the agents locally. Some of which are, of course, uh, uh, in in in, um, um, in 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 national chains and are owned by national chains that are listed on the markets. So so that's 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 another benefit. But of course, all of the commercial property that maybe is. Uh, seemingly at risk at the moment i'm sure we'll see um I, i'm sure we'll see a return to the city and people just getting used to living with the um the, the bug going forward some things will change completely of course but um there is an opportunity there as and when commercial property will make that recovery is harder to call so you mentioned there next, and that's a company that we're going to discuss now. Now, very strong trading update from them yesterday. They did actually bring it forward by by two weeks. I think they were, they were so excited about uh, the results that they had in there. So uh, quite a significant uptick in, in shares, as I said. Uh, it helped lift the uh, the FTSE 100 yesterday. But Alan, looking at that trading statement, what are the key takeaways for you? <laughs> it, it, it's ironic, isn't it? I, I actually, um, I I went to next at the weekend. Uh, I decided uh, my short, the uh, pairs of shorts I have for the summer worn out. Bought some more. Uh, w- w- one one was too big, so we sent it back um, and ordered a new a new set, a new pair online. And uh, the company came to pick it up the following day. Took the old one back. So a very efficient infrastructure. Um, but the numbers are fantastic. Yeah, I mean, full sale, full uh, sales in the eleven weeks up nearly. Uh, up eighteen and a half percent versus two years ago, um, and uh, in, uh, full full price sales guidance for the whole year is increased from three percent to six percent, and it's also paid twenty nine million of business rates relief back to to the government. Um, full year uh, pre tax profits are up by thirty million to seven hundred fifty million at the top of uh, uh, guidance, and um, full year surplus cash. Expected to sit at around two hundred forty million, which they're going to distribute in cash to shareholders through a special dividend. And of course, you know, Next has long been the the, the darling of the stock market. Um, um, uh, Lord Wolfson obviously has been at the helm for uh, since two thousand one, so well over twenty years now. How long he'll stay in charge, who knows? But goodness me, he's doing a great job. Um, Company's now worth ten point six billion, um, but uh, it shows no signs of slowing down. I mean, we're we're just seeing uh, shares now more or less at year highs. Um, eighty four pounds, in fact, was the year high. They're now trading just over eighty pounds. Um, would you buy them at this level? Yes, I think you would because they they, they just have a model. They have a, a marketing mix a mix of products which are eternally uh, popular. Um, they don't have. Um, uh, so the uh, legacy issues of property that some others have, um, uh, and, and of course this is this is one of the key one of the key um, uh, attractions of the stock in that um, in that uh, it's got such a strong online offering and it's building its uh, its, its um, sales through those channels so effectively. Um, and I think you know in that way it has really benefited from um, from from COVID. So. Um, going forward, I think Next is a 
it, it, it remains a buy, and I'm sure a lot of funds holding the stock will be encouraged uh, by the news and will be topping up um, also. So, obviously, very good set of, of numbers there, but what would you say to the view, Alan, that, that this strong set of figures is really the results of pent-up demand. Obviously, people have been saving money, stuck at home. Of course, now they're starting to go out again, like yourself, um, you know, realised, OK, I need to start going out and I need some new shorts. And they're going out and then they're spending some of their savings that they've accumulated through the pandemic. Um, and that's obviously led to a big boost to, to next sales. What's the, the case, do you think, for this to be continued, um, you know, through the rest of the year into early next year? And could this sort of taper off as people start to look um, at inflation and their sort of spending habits and things becoming more expensive and maybe not spending as much on clothes? Well, I think Next has got a formula um, which works come rain or come rain or shine, and I think that's the that's what attracted uh, so many uh, institutions and uh, companies to the stock. And of course, you know, let's not forget um, April last year. We were at um, multi-year lows, uh, five-year lows. Shares were uh, uh, just under forty pounds, thirty-three. Well, no, in fact, not on just under thirty-three pounds a share um, on the third of April. So, if you bought the shares then, you know you'd have uh, you'd have um, you you'd be close to to a, a triple bagger. Um, but I think the I think if you look at the, the performance of the stock prior to COVID, everything fell off a cliff last uh, March, April, as we know. But um, the, the company has, has continued to deliver a strong performance year in, year out. Um, um, and is there scope for future growth? Yes, I think there is, because um, as a result of the pandemic, some retailers won't have been able to, to evolve. So they will um, they will either go into liquidation or their stock will be bought out. So, um, so the, the stronger uh, players in the sector will actually gain market share as a result of that. So um, it's going to it's going to continue to evolve, but um, next is has certainly been evergreen from a stock market standpoint, and, and also from um, from a buyer standpoint. You know they're hugely popular. They just had the right formula in terms of their style and everything else that uh, certainly um, certainly the British public like, and um, long may it continue. Yes, I mean certainly difficult to, to argue against. Uh, their huge success story, given the the number of high street chains that that have closed down or have to um, be be changed dramatically in terms of their corporate structure uh, to whether the change in, in consumer habits, but next really coming out on top. So a very strong set of figures there from uh, from next. So moving on now, Alan, we're going to discuss a IPO, which I believe has just gone live today. Um, ticker ZEW Zenova. Um, I believe it IPO this morning. At 19 pence, currently trading around 23. It's a very strong result there on the morning there for uh, for, for Zenova investors in their IPO. But what's um, what's happening there um, in terms of the company, uh, Alan? Obviously, one that a lot of people wouldn't have heard of. So, so what do they do, and, and what are their main products, and what are they sort of setting out to do over the next 12 months? Okay, so so Zenova Group, um, uh, a fascinating company, um, and. Uh, and one that I think is 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 set for great things going forward. Um, we've been uh, working with the group uh, for the lot the past few weeks, and we'll continue to do so. And uh, people who follow our Twitter handles, both at Novus Comms at Brand UK, and my own Twitter handle, 
will have seen some videos that we've published across the network of the fire-resistant paints that Zenova have developed. Um, so uh, the the company has a, a series of uh, um, paints and uh, innovative paints and coverings that, um, when they're applied, um, basically uh, prevent um, and delay the, the onset of fire. Um, and uh, the videos uh, the, the videos manifestly um, uh, 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 demonstrate just how effective the, the paints are. There's a video of a, a tin can uh, that we used, a, uh, that a burner was used on. Um, then the same burner was applied to a can covered in paint and it showed how the paint reacted and responded. Um, there's uh, uh, some cardboard was painted with the paint and, and, and so on. There a range of videos. And I spoke to the CEO, Tony Crawley, um, uh, in an interview that was released at the start of this week. And uh, just um, we looked at one of these videos and he said, the thing is, you know, when you talk to people about paint, it's, um, <laughs> you know, it's almost like watching paint dry. You know, it's not that interesting. So he, he said the way we felt the way we could demonstrate the efficacy of the products is by actually putting out product videos on the website and they've been hugely popular as you'll see by the number of views that we, that, uh, that they've had just through, through our channels alone so um uh the the difference is that um uh a competitor paints in the market at the moment require multiple coats to have any sort of efficacy at all whereas the Zenova application literally it's two coats and you then have um an incredible range of protection and of course there are issues um, for um, fire protection uh, across a multitude of applications up and down the UK. Of course, the, the dreadful tragedy that was Grenfell and the the uh, issue the government now has in um, other buildings that have been had this uh, um, this this cladding used um, to replace all of that cladding would be extremely costly. Is there a solution to use a paint like? Zenova's paint to to paint the existing cladding to give increased fire protection, and I think um, the the uh, efficacy of the paints is without doubt. And of course, we'll see and hear more about this sort of thing as we go forward. But it's a range of um, that. There are other applications too. I mean, we talked about, um, of course, in in, uh, in 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 African countries where there's a desperate need for housing in in some of the impoverished areas. Um, there are plenty of MTC containers um, that uh, could be used for this, but of course the containers are made from steel. They're way too hot. If they're painted with this sort of paint, then of course it will prevent heat from getting through. So you could then effectively have somewhere for a family to live. Um, and there are there's just a multitude of applications here. So for Zenera, it's very exciting. Um, this morning when they came to market, they raised uh, gross proceeds of four and a half million. Um, giving the company a capitalization of 17.7 million uh, com uh, coming onto the market at 19p. As we speak, shares are already up at 23.5p, so a very strong start. But um, I think an incredibly exciting company to watch. Um, and, you know, uh, the, the company's slogan is saving through innovation. And uh, I think um, I, I'd urge, urge, you know, people wanting to look at the company to go look at the website, zenovagroup.com. Um, you can watch the videos there and also find out about the paints and wall coverings and, of course, the, the team that are uh, are uh, behind it. The epic code, of course, is ZED. 
So, Alan, I mean, what, what does this look like um, for Zenova in terms of their growth plans going forward? Do they have any particular markets that they're going to be focusing on? Um, you know, markets they're operating at the moment. Do they have any new markets that they're going to be um, entering? You know, is it Europe, United States, Asia, Africa? What does that sort of look like? And, and is there sort of any variation to their product that they could they could do and sort of innovate with going forward that will give them an additional revenue stream, do you feel? Well, I know from speaking to Tony that, 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 that there are huge amounts of plans going forward. And obviously, he can disclose those to the market as and when those developments happen. But um, I do know that it's, 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 uh, it's a fully global entity. They're, they will be talking with companies, uh, organizations all over the world to progress uh, Zenova and obviously demonstrate the efficacy of, of, of the paint so, and the wall coverings. So, um, so yeah. Um, uh, there's there's a very there's a sales team working hard and uh, you know speaking with organisations around the world now and I'm sure in the coming weeks we're going to be hearing more from Tony um, about that. Fantastic! I'm sure we'll be updating uh, the podcast on that as we hear more from that. But a very good day on their first day of trading there for Zenova. So we're going to finish off now, Alan, with a company uh, that I've been looking at over the last couple of days, particularly. Um, interesting in what they've been doing. Um, there's there's two things uh, I like with with this company. First of all, they're they're operating in, in Africa, which for me is a particularly exciting area to to be operating, given the growth potential there. Um, and the second is that their actual core business, um, looking at, at mobile services. One of the things that struck me when, when I visited Tanzania last year is you know maybe people there don't have as high living standards as we do here in terms of the dwellings that they, they live in and, and the facilities they have with, within their, their dwellings. But one thing that struck me is that everybody has a mobile phone. Um, they're obviously very well connected. And the business that we're going to discuss now uh, in Airtel is providing uh, quite innovative mobile services to Africa. So what's the, the latest um, that's been happening there, Alan? Well, ironically, uh, John, um, uh... Uh, Trevor Coote at TS Capital put me onto this company um, in the middle of last year, and the shares were then trading uh, trading at about um, at, uh, at around fifty p. So, um, so go. Uh, uh, it, I, I took a look at the company, and it's a FTSE two fifty company. But as often happens, you know these great companies in the FTSE two fifty that um, you know seem to get very you know that often don't get aired properly across. Our channels when we're talking to investors. So um, I, 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 I put together a piece on this company. But um, the company, as you rightly say, Airtel Africa, it provides telecoms and mobile services across 14 countries uh, in East, Central and West Africa. Um, and um, it's had, a, it's had a, a very strong run this year. Um, indeed, the, it's um, uh, recently the company sold a minority stake in its mobile money business. Um, and that was bought by uh, the the Rysorm, which is a global investing platform of investment firm TPG, which invested two hundred million into its mobile money arm. So this basically means that, um, as you as you said, Jonathan, you know, everyone there with a mobile phone can tra- can undertake money transactions effectively and utilize the Airtel Africa uh, uh, channels uh, 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 to to do so. Um, so go, going forward uh, through, through the year, the company um, announced um, a, a very strong uh, 
set of results um, in, uh, in in May. Um, really strong full year numbers, underlying earnings of one point eight billion, up eighteen percent, um, and uh, and um, operating profits increased twenty four percent to one point one billion. And that, of course, is on revenues up three up fourteen percent to three point nine billion dollars. And this is uh, th- these are all numbers with a company uh, with a market cap of just on three billion. So there's very little premium in the in in the valuation of the company at the moment, in my opinion, um, uh, to to reflect any any growth potential. Um, and this is a company that has grown uh, rapidly through the year. Um, it's uh, announced in June. It's sold uh, uh, its Tanzania Tower portfolio to a joint venture uh, owned by. SBO Communications and Paradigm, um, and uh, uh, the, the uh, along with the, um, the, uh, the the investment from TPG, the um, certainly the the uh, the infrastructure and the growth potential of the company seems to be seems to be accelerating. So um, looking at the shares, uh, the shares have traded as high as ninety six p on the year. Currently sitting at just uh, just over eighty three p. Been, been as low as I say as um, uh, 53p on the year, um, and uh, but the attraction, of course, here is that um, that uh, the company has uh, pays out a dividend, the three a three 3.4 percent, and um, um, for firstly 250 company, that's a decent sized dividend. Um, I think uh, we're, we're set for more and more growth as the year goes by. There's also a new incumbent CEO coming in as well, who will have his own ideas as to how to drive the company harder um, and I think this is uh, a great this is a great addition to your portfolio because it'll pay a dividend and I think there's um, some some very strong capital growth potential uh, on offer so Alan you, you you obviously mentioned there the valuation and looking at the forward earnings here you're looking at about 11 and a half times earnings which is is very conservative given yeah. uh, you know the, the wider market. And what what do you think is holding this company back? Do you think it's simply a case that it's just not being appreciated enough by investors at the moment? Uh, well, I think there's you know uh, often companies operating in Africa um, do tend to trade at a discount simply because the um, because uh, some of the um, some of the incumbent regimes in Africa are um, uh, let's just say they provide some uncertainty, I think, to investors, uh, and it's not perceived as a safe an environment to, to operate in, but um, I think with mobile, uh, w- with mobile channels like this, it's um, uh, you know the, the earnings are the earnings are are, um, are fairly well. Uh, they're probably more secure than in uh, in a an, air, an air, airtime based business like this than uh, with a lot of other companies. So it's clear the company is highly cash generative and continues to be so. It's paying out this dividend and. I think probably Jonathan, the fact is that it's it's simply its PR company in the UK is not doing a good job. So it's us up to the likes of you and I to bang the drum and make people aware of this. Yeah, I mean, I'm just 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 looking here. I know that the figures there. I mean, it's trading about one times revenue. Yeah, and I know. For, for for a company operating in 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 a growth market in in Africa, that does jump out. At me as as being uh, you know fa- you know fairly out of line with you know other other companies. I mean, if you just think back to 
you know, obviously completely different companies and, you know, operating in different markets. But, you, t- you know, some of these um, tech stocks, you know, sort of five, 10 years ago, you, you're looking at those companies sort of trading, you know, seven to 10 times their revenue at that point as, as they were growing. So with a company trading roughly one times earnings, um, so one times revenue, that, um, that, that does jump out at me as, as something that's, that's certainly worth looking at. Mm. Um, for uh, for investors, so it's going to be interesting to see. And I think this is one that we should pick up again um, when they next update the market because they've had quite significant um, increases in their revenue, and it's been quite consistent. So I'm going to look, be quite interested to see how the uh, the half year from the 31st of March performs this year. So I'm sure that's one that we're going to be picking up on in in the fourth quarter when when we see some some more updates. Yes, indeed. from there. Yeah. So, Alan, thank you very much. And just um, a recap of the companies that we discussed there. The IPO that we discussed was Zenova Group, and that trades under the ticker of ZED. We also discussed Next, which trades under the ticker of NXT, and just then was Airtel, which trades under the ticker of AAF. Alan, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Thank you, John. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember all investment involves risk.